Danielle was a guest on the I Heart My Life show back in 2019, and I'm so excited to have her back on today talking about her new book, How to Be Loving. Now, when I started reading this book, I had no idea that it was actually going to be about how, how to be loving to yourself, not to other people. Although there's a component of that to the book, of course, it's really about that self-love piece that so many of us need to work on and get to work on throughout our lives. This is a really honest and vulnerable conversation because Danielle actually admits that she went through a whole nine-month period and dark night of the soul where she was questioning everything. She could barely get out of bed. So we're going to cover that plus much, much more. And of course, just like all of Danielle's work, it's full of soul, really vulnerable, powerful, emotional, raw, and real. And I know you're going to resonate with so much of this conversation. So let's dive in. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams with the I Heart My Life show. I'm Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your I Heart My Life show host. This is your one-stop shop for all things personal development meets lifestyle. So pull up a seat, get out a pen and a paper and get ready to learn. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Danielle. I'm so excited to have you back three years later, which is amazing. Is this our second or third time? This is our second. We've done a few Facebook lives, but officially on the podcast, second time. Okay. I love it. Yeah. So today we're talking about your beautiful new book, How to Be Loving, which as I told you, I'm halfway through and it's just, it's, it's different than what I expected in Mm. many ways. Um, Mm. but it's, it's just so beautiful. I think it's your best work so far. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm excited to dive into it. Mm. How's it, how is it different? I expected it to be more about like how to be loving to others for some mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. And it's so introspective. It's all about, you know, yourself and processing and, and the mm-hmm. love. Um, we're going to dive into that, but the love for, okay. for everything about you. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So can you just share a little synopsis about what this book is about in terms of the content and who you wrote it for? I think I think there's two key messages in the book. One is about identification, identity. And like, do you see yourself as the problem or the solution as your thoughts or as your heart intelligence? And I think it's about acceptance. And, you know, you're so right. It's like when I, um, you know, towards the end, it was like time to stitch the book up. And like, it's, I really have to be done with this book. And I just like, Wow. Some people might be surprised when they get in. It's not like how to be kind, how to listen better. I mean, that's all shows up, but it's basically clean up your own house, be reverent for all your own boogeymen and uh, then watch what happens. Yeah. Hmm. Beautiful. Well, you start the book off by talking about your own year in review, and you said you seriously considered walking away from your creative life. So I'm curious to know, and I've definitely experienced that for myself. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. to know, was there a catalyst for that feeling? Did something happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The world health situation happened. And, you know, when all of us thought it was a good idea to tuck inside and stay home for a while, that just kicked off like this super introspective phase for me. And I don't even think like, I think it was brewing. It would have happened one way or another. And it's, there was like this list of the three big things in my life of just like my life living, staying alive and my career and then being partnered. And I just like, Hmm, I think I need to let it all go. It was like, I'm making it sound really casual. <laughs> it was actually really intense. <laughs> and there was a lot of, you know, prayer and a lot of introspection, but I was just like, okay, I don't know. Like, I think, you know, being in the, on the personal development path, there can be this arrogance that comes with it. It's like, you want to see into the future and you want to be like, so intuitive <laughs> and, you know, you're tracking, you know, I used to run a think tank that was about future studies. And I've just have been really humbled in the last decade, just realized like, you don't know, there really are no guarantees that applies to everybody. I mean, I think there are the guarantees of like, you are loved no matter what life has got you. Um, And then, you know, I witnessed some really strong people, like truly strong, 
truly intuitive people in my life go through their own challenges. And I was like, I could go tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, and then my career, I just thought, okay, well, you know, if I'm going to really hand my life over to higher intelligence for real this time, then maybe life wants me to just go really like Zen. And I meant to like, like maybe my big lesson is giving it all up and that's how I evolve. And that's, you know, and so I just went through that scenario, like, okay. And then add to the list of giving it all up was like, you know, for a long time, I'd wanted like my king, I wanted to be partner. And I was just like, okay, I got to throw it all in the bucket. And it was legit. Like I felt relieved. I didn't feel, I didn't feel ripped off. I didn't feel empty. I just kind of, I kind of felt high on the letting go. And then a few months passed and it was like a be this beautiful summer. And then the cat came back the very next day. And I just like, Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. I actually want to be here. And like, I really wanted to be here. And, and I just thought, you know, the world is going through this epic unprecedented shift where we're going. We haven't been before the old tools do not work. I'm not even that interested in, in like ancient scripture, mystical teachings anymore. I'm just like that worked for 2000 years. This is a whole new era. Let's see where we are. And then, and I thought, this is silly for me to not be in my career. This, I really got to this place of like, if you don't use your gifts and your privilege and your natural abilities, that's actually a disservice to life and everybody. And then I was like, and while I'm at it, you know, I actually still do want to be partnered. So here's the request, like bring them by the end of the year, make them, you know, I hope he's local and uh, let's go. Yeah. Here and that happened totally within two weeks. Wow. Yeah. I love yeah. how you described all of that. So what was, so you did actually let go in a sense and yeah. And then it came back around. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. But in the letting go, there was also this, like a lot of gratitude. It's like, once I flushed all those buckets and all the bucket list stuff, you know, I was like, I am vibrant. My life is, I'm so full of life. My life is so full of love. And what I do is a, not a burden at all whatsoever. This is a joy. Yeah. Mm. Back in. That's such a great reminder because I think so often when we're letting go, there is resentment and there are these negative feelings, but to let go with such gratitude is such a beautiful way of thinking about it. And that's how I would want to let go if I were to do it. That's a great point about letting go, because you know what, if that resentment keeps it sticky and you, you haven't really let go. True. And, um, I think sometimes with the letting go, well, my philosophy now is you have to bless it and release it. So like all that stuff, whether it's money or relationships or jobs or whatever you've been desiring, it's like, or all that negative stuff you want to let go of. You want to let go of that relationship dynamic or, you know, the person who's driving you nuts, the karma, whatever it is, all that stuff wants your attention. All of it. Like you created it. You made the relationship. You made the job. You Yeah. So it just wants to be loved. It wants to be acknowledged. It's, then it will peace out. Hmm. So you don't have to say, hey, I'm grateful for all the hardship. You can say, I'm grateful for all the hardship, what the hardship taught me. And this relationship dynamic that's driving me crazy has made me more resilient and loving and whatever, whatever. I bless. Thank you for coming in my life. You can go now. And way easier. And actual, there's an actual dissolution. But the point about resentment is really good. It's like, if it's got that resentment hook, the work is not done. Yeah. And I love that, you know, you're so open about your evolution. And one of the things that you talk about is kind of the transition from the desire map uh, to how to be loving in particular, going from how do I want to feel into what do I want to embody? Mm -hmm. so can you talk a little bit about that? Well, the old question was, how do I want to feel? You know, I built like a little dynasty on that. And I realized that in my rough patches and there have, there have been some, I still felt connected 
to something greater. I still felt connected to the divine, you know? And I had some, some really sweet kind of poignant moments of just like, oh, it was the, the days were rough. There's many months. I mean, there were, there's a period of time where I actually pieced out of work. I was really having a, I wouldn't call it a breakdown, but I was being uh, rebuilt from the inside out. And a friend called and, you know, in those times, like you feel so needy, it's like somebody call me and can we talk and can you stay later? And can we go for a walk? You just really need your crew, you know? And a friend called, we hadn't talked in a long time. So she didn't know the state I was in and she was in a terrible place. And I just listened to her and I was Danielle. I did my thing. And I just like, you know what? It actually doesn't matter how I feel. What matters is what I am being. And then the question moved into what do I want to embody? No matter what, no matter whether the cash flow is happening or the relationship is harmonious that day, or I'm in perfect health, no matter what, I want to be love. No matter what, I want to be compassion. I want to be resilient no matter what. And then just with more training and research and introspection, just got really clear, like those are virtues. <laughs> those are not feelings. And we're all, you know, everybody listening right now, if you are here for like self-help, personal development, what we're really on is this path to virtuousness. It's a scary, creepy word because organized religion has really, really done it some, some bad. Um, but that's really what we're going for, like be those energies. So that's the new question. And in terms of like, you might appreciate this with, you know, your own business and career. It's like, I really made this leap. I didn't think it through too much, which is tends to be a gift and a bit of a curse. But you know, I have like these 400 facilitators who are we're teaching the desire map all over the world. And we're in one of our facilitator meetings. And I just said, you know what, everybody, we're going in a different direction. We are rebranding on the surface. We're going to be heart centered now. And the question is not about how do you want to feel? And like, that was a huge move because workshops and day planners and curriculum and consulting gigs and all of that. And I said, I don't know exactly what we're going to make of this, but I'm creating a whole new curriculum. It's probably going to be about resilience. And if you want to come great. And if you don't, I'm so grateful you've been here. And then I really made one of the strongest moves I think I've ever made as a leader. And I just asked everybody to trust me and they did. And it's working. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I have a friend who is very similar in that bravery. And she talks to me often about, you know, being the leader in her company, almost to the point where she doesn't care what her clients want and what her students want, mm -hmm. because it has mm -hmm. to come from her. And she's so connected to source and, and what she knows is the vision for her tribe that, you know, she puts it out there and they are in full trust of her. And sometimes she's even like, I don't know what's going to be in this program next month, but I know it's going to be epic. And if you want to come along, great. And I just think that's so amazing. And, and, you know, I've definitely made similar decisions where it's so heartfelt and it's not rational and it's not all the way planned out, but your community can feel that and they can feel the authenticity. Mm -hmm. And when there is that level of trust, they're just so excited to be a part of the journey. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, that's an interesting point too, about your friend saying like, I don't know what's going to be there next month because I'm not really clear. I love to work more in that. Like, let me just generate and I'm going to do my best to like, see what is needed at the moment. And it's counter it's, it's, um, it's not the best marketing no. angle. <laughs> Um, and because people want to know what they're getting, they want to know what they're buying, uh, people's ego mind, you know, our own controlling nature wants the plan. And I can, I know hands down, no doubt it is way better without a plan. Always every day is better. And I'm a planner. My goodness. I love a good plan. Like without, you know, Proverbs verse, whatever I forget without vision, we perish. 
uh, have a vision. And this is another thing with the how to be loving book is I've just really come out. Like I'm just done with the goals, (laughs) you know, I'm just over it. And yeah, of course have goals, have goals. It's just be clear on what's motivating them. Are they ego centered goals or are they heart centered goals? Um, I think what's more important is have a vision. And if you're going to put metrics in place, um, make sure that you winning includes the benefit of everybody. Like, you know, I make a pretty bold statement in this, which is like the day of the bucket list is over. Um, the bucket list needs to include, Hey, if I achieve X, Y, Z, I'm going to be a better partner, communitarian, This is how this is going to shift my community, my business. This is the money we're going to give away. This is who gets included at the table now. Go on it just for yourself anymore. It's actually going to be regretful if we keep going in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people use the bucket list to inspire them, but ultimately they realize exactly what you just said. There's an emptiness there and a lack of fulfillment Mm -hmm. and joy. If you're Mm -hmm. not bringing other people along for the ride and doing it in a way that's not just Mm self-serving. Yeah. Yeah. You're a great synthesizer. This is always, yeah, we always have, I miss talking to you. Yeah. I I know how great it is. Yeah. It's always poignant. It's always like I talk to you at the perfect moment in my life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Can you talk about the lessons repeating themselves? Because I love that part of the book and I'm in the midst of that at the moment, like literally going through something that happened for me five years ago. And I've been in the question around like, why is this happening again? I thought I dealt Mm -hmm. with that. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. to know your perspective. Well, there's the obvious thing, which is we didn't get the lesson the first time. So like rewind, there's that. But also, and and the thing with not getting the lesson the first time is there can be this punishment that we put ourselves through. It's like, oh, I'm getting this again. Why? I didn't evolve enough. I didn't stick, whatever. No, 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 no. Then we're really missing the lesson, which is like, we just be super compassionate with ourselves, super opening, like goes back to like accepting, like, and if you can do that, you move through it more quickly. You can really transmute things. So there's that. The other thing, and this is, I mean, everything I've got to say is based on experience, is that when the lesson comes round again, my experience has been, it's like, I have the capacity now to really deal with it. It's like when I had my meltdown that I referenced earlier, I think my soul chose a great time for that to happen because I had a house to live in. I had some money in the bank. I had a team who could run things. I didn't, I wasn't changing anybody's diapers. You know, my kid could make some mac and cheese. I had all these resources to help me get through it. I also had more like psychic resources. Mm -hmm. I just knew like, Hey, I've been through some things. They pass and I'm stronger and life actually gets sweeter. And it's like, I don't know what's on the other side, but I know it's always better always. And I'm, I can always find some gratitude in what I went through. So I had more inner resources, but the big thing that like meta thing to understand is that healing is not linear. So I think because we're so progress obsessed, we think, Oh, I achieve this next. I expand. I achieve this next get bigger. I work through that in therapy check. Then I talked about, then I did that workshop, check, check. And we see it as this like straight line, like we're trains on a track and it is not that way. The most helpful visual is like, we are a planet and there are all these constellations and stars and weather patterns around us. And if we do one thing, it shifts everything. And if some event happens in our life with someone else, because we're all connected, it shifts us. So it's really the butterfly effect of like inner growth. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We could be stronger. We could be weaker. We could be impacted by what our person is going through. And that is going to bring up different stuff at different times. And also, and this might, this is might be like a little bit Debbie Downer news on why lessons repeat. 
what I see is that most of us deal with the same issues our whole life. And now I have a paradigm, a belief that I'm going to live multiple lifetimes, multiple dimensions. This one shot deal is just not fair. I just, it just can't be so in the way I see things, you know, and I believe in, you know, multiple realities happening at once and timelines, and I get to choose my timeline and my reality. That's quantum physics, right? So given that, if you, if you kind of want to consider that, or that's how you see life, then it's not so heavy to think, oh, I'm going to deal with this abandonment theme <laughs> my whole life, or this betrayal theme is going to come up. Uh, there's that. And then the final thing about lessons repeating is, I think we just get the opportunity to clean out the bucket. It's like, what's at the bottom of the barrel? Okay, let's have the lesson loop one more time. I feel like when my lessons come back or it's the same theme, it's a little bit lighter every time Mm -hmm. and I'm a little more equipped and I just, and now I kind of celebrate it again. I'm just like, Oh, I get to totally heal that theme around authority issues. I'm going to nail it this time. And maybe I'll come back again, but like, this is my work. Beautiful. Do you ever wonder when your life is going to get good? Like really good like trips to Italy good? Maybe you have the job or the business, what you thought you wanted, but it still doesn't feel like enough and you're ready for a change, but you're worried about the pivot. Or do you ever feel like your mind is holding you back from going to the next level, making more money and creating success? Have you achieved everything you want to achieve? Maybe more than you thought was possible, but now you're burnt out and your health is suffering and you barely ever see your loved ones. Or maybe you find yourself wondering when you're ever actually going to be happy. If so, I want to invite you to my Love Your Life Masterclass. Go ahead and go to iheartmylife.com go and save your seat today. This is a live class where I'm sharing my better than your dreams framework, which is all about helping you create a life that's better than your dreams. I'm going to be sharing three key shifts to creating a life that you love, and it's going to be full of my best content. So go to iheartmylife.com slash go and save your seat today. Yeah, I actually wrote down the quote. You said, you can let go of the pressure to be at a certain point of success by a certain stage of your life. You are not a train on a track with a schedule. And that's just so beautiful. And I think that goes for, like you said, the lessons that we're learning, but also these ideas that we need to be at a certain place at a certain time. But as you mentioned, we're not trained and we forget that mm-hmm. so often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. It's, we're dynamic. You also talk about um, the responsibility for what we've created in our lives. And you talk about how we've actually created versus attracted. Can you share a little bit more about that? So good. Uh, getting all the juicy bit ones. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, when good things are happening, we like to say that we attracted it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I magnetize that opportunity and because I'm so fantastically high vibration. And that is actually true. That's true. Um, but you're also magnetizing to you all the other unpleasant things to the, uh, but behind that deeper, I think more importantly is we're creating all of it. We're creating, um, the thoughts that then hang out in our energy field And those are the magnets and like attracts like the most important thing on the path, so to speak, it's all the path. If you're here, you're on the path, whether you know it or not, is to accept, realize, celebrate that energy follows thought. And here's a, here's a, here's a quick exercise for everybody. Everybody right now, think about a thought about your body. Okay. So you don't have to, you don't have to turn to the person. This is not a group exercise. Isn't that great? This is the thing about doing things in audio. You don't have to turn to your partner (laughs) and reveal yourself. This really works for introverts. Okay. What's, how would you describe that thought you had about your body in that second? Is it a positive thought? Is it a negative thought? Is it supportive? Is it critical? Is it a loving thought? Okay. So that's the energy of the thought. So how you would describe that thought is the energy 
that's going to hang out in your energy field, like attracts like, you're going to get more of that energy. So if your thought was, say, critical, you were just going to attract criticism. You're going to attract more critical thoughts from yourself. You're going to see it in the media. You're, you know, some relatives going to say something to you that is a little bit stingy. Yeah. So energy of your thoughts, energy follows the thought, have loving thoughts, have compassionate thoughts, have inclusive, radiant thoughts. You'll get more of all of that. Mm. And I love when we think about creating all of it because there's so often a victimhood or a level of blame yeah. when it comes to the negative pieces and a disassociation with those. But that really is us giving away, you know, any responsibility and any power. Um, mm-hmm. Can you speak more to that? There's two layers to this. One, you need to be careful not to spiritual do a spiritual bypass. So, yes, we're creating things. I want to talk more about that. We're magnetizing things. But all of the awful things that happen where you truly are the victim of a circumstance, you are at the end of some kind of harm. The appropriate appropriate response is compassion. You do everything to heal. You hold yourself so tenderly, so gently. That's it. It's just tenderness for you and anybody else who's experiencing the tough stuff. Like, I'm sorry this is happening. And that is, that's medicine. And um, I think the soul gives us an opportunity. Well, we have free, we have free will. So you get to choose what you think brings it all in. But I think also the soul uh, is going to dispense challenges to us. And this is karma. So often we think about karma as like, I did this and I'm getting punished or, you know, karma is just balance. So the soul says, okay, remember that time where you were a little bit greedy? Okay, we're going to give you just this little opportunity for you to balance that out. You get to be generous now. It's just bringing things back into balance, bringing it back into balance. And then there's just like basic psychology. Take radical responsibility for what's going on in your life. Like even if, and I, I, I write about this in How to Be Loving, this now gets into a conversation around forgiveness. It's like, you know, I was, had a relationship with a relationship with dynamic with somebody, you know, their behavior was not awesome. They're not the most conscious person. And, you know, anybody, any court of law would have said at the very least, they owe you nine apologies. And, and then I've done lots of forgiving, like they're off the hook. It's okay. They're where they're at in life. Let's move on. But then I really wanted to be pristine about it. And I just thought, well, I, there's something I can apologize for. And I really wanted to move into that like radical responsibility for what I was creating in my life. Now, they didn't need to know that I knew that I attracted them. They taught me all these lessons around betrayal, et cetera, et cetera. And I just approached them. I was like, hey, I just want to say sorry for how I was. And they were shocked partly because they've been so used to me, like just pointing at them saying, you, you. Um, And it was, I'd say it was one of my favorite days of my life. Like, and if you would have told me, I would have invited this person to my house, made tea, like even let them in, let alone said, will you forgive me? I would have said you were stoned and um, Forgiveness is a high. Yeah. But it only comes from asking for forgiveness as part of radical responsibility for your reality. And can you describe a little bit more about what spiritual bypassing is for someone who's never heard that term? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Last night we were just, my man and I were looking at my book trailer just got finished and I use the term spiritual bypass and he's like, I have no idea what it means, but it sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Spiritual bypassing is when you use spirituality and self-help ideas to really just sugarcoat some pain. It's like, it's things like, you you know, something terrible happens and you say, well, everything happens for a reason. Or um, there's a gift in this. Look, I, I believe both of those things philosophically, but you can't bypass over it. 
You have to be like, wow, there was impact. This really stirred this up. Here's the emotional response I had. This is really painful. And that's the beauty of those circumstances. The whole thing with suffering is you get to look at it and see what your reactions are. Make the conscious, the unconscious, conscious, bring it to the light. So yeah, before you see the gift, you have to look at the impact. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned a period of nine months or so where you were in it and you were in the dark night of the soul. Um, I think that's accurate that it was a nine month period. So can you share a little bit about how you allowed yourself to go through that process for anyone who is in the midst of something Mm -hmm. very challenging, whether it's nine months or nine years, how do you Mm -hmm. move through that? Um, I went down, I asked for help. So my psychotherapist for a period of time, let me text her. Sounds trivial, but anybody who's been in it, you know how it's a lifeline. Um, I left this sobbing voice memo for my team and said, you've got, you and Jesus going to have to take the wheel for a while. Like, and I don't know where I'm going. I don't know if this is going to take a couple of weeks. I don't know if I'm going to be working after this. I don't know. And that's part of the intensity. You really are kind of dissolving. I, but one of the most useful things that my psychotherapist said to me is Danielle, your day needs to revolve around the wound. And I was like, you got to be kidding me because I knew what that meant. And then, you know, she knows how I'm built. She'd say, it's not always going to be this way. I'm like, okay, okay. It's not always going to be this way. So I would wake up in the morning. I was having suicidal thoughts at the time. My hormones were super out of whack. There were like, there was a chemical imbalance happening at the same time. It was just like everything was happening at once as that's part of the portal. Um, It's not your failing, by the way, anybody who's thinking like, I'm a loser because it's all happening at once. It's super divine. It's how you, it's, it's the way it is. It's it's designed that way. Um, So having my day revolve around the wound was I had to do everything I could to heal my nervous system. So at the time I couldn't listen to loud music. I couldn't listen to music at all. Eventually I definitely could not watch television. Um, (laughs) I mean, this is funny and also pathetic at the same time. My kid and I had tickets for a Def Leppard concert (laughs) and I was just like, okay, I actually called my friends. I was like, you're going to have to pray. Uh, that I get myself and my kid through a deaf leopard leopard concert. I made it, but we had to leave early. I was just, I was jacked. I was so fried. And so every day I would get up, sleep was critical. Sleep is when we heal. And I would write down five things I was going to do that day that were gentle. And they seem minimal and they were monumental. Thing number one, lay on the living room floor. Text Chela. Couldn't call her, just text a friend. Walk around the block. Didn't know if I could make it around the park. Just walk around the block. Have a bath. Sleep by 10. And that went on for weeks. And that's what I did. And I called in the troops. And I did a lot of yoga. I did a lot of breathing practices. I worked a lot, you know, I use essential oils, like they're plant medicine. I did have an energy healer working with me at the time. Still do. She's part of our actual team, Danielle. And, um, I shut out a lot of external stimulation and I laid in the sun. I hugged trees. I would go to the park and I would just lay on the grass. That's it. Nature saved me. Nature saved me spine to the, I sit with my spine to the back of a tree and meditate. I prayed nonstop. Um, and I also got out of my house. Like I went to a, a very small Catholic retreat center for a couple weekends. And, um, I would just go out at night and pray Mm. and it began to lift. It lifted slowly. And then I could listen to a little music and then I could walk around the park. Yeah. And then a year goes by and you're just like, wow, I'm amazing. 
so creative after that. So creative back on. And then it was like, "Mm, go on a date, go on another date, get some, get some new high rise jeans. Thank you for sharing that. What do you think the lesson was? What was the reason for all of that? That suffering showed me I there's there's everything getting transmuted. It's like a double, it's a double win. It's an infinite win, but I was able to really transmute all of that pain into power, but I had to see all of that pain first. So it's like I said to uh you know, I was having panic attacks and there was a lot of anxiety. And I said to um, Anne, my psychotherapist, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And she said, Danielle, you're, these are panic attacks. I was like, what? I'm not even an anxious person. I witnessed other people having anxious moments. And, you know, and she said, Danielle, you've been managing low grade anxiety your whole life by being an overachiever. Mm. And I, what? that was it. And then I just, I just did this inventory of all of my habits. Like, you know, I used to have a day planner, right? I since have discontinued that vertical in the business, but I would walk around with my day planner. Like it was my security blanket. Like it was a little wubby. I would watch movies and just have my hand on my day planner. I was just like, What's going on? What are, just let me look and see what's happening this week. I just like obsessed with what my plans were and then overworking. And I think, you know, in this space, especially the space of online business women who are committed to some kind of personal development as service, we, we justify because we're in service, we justify all of the working And I learned that workaholism is not a joke and it is actually as destructive and as addictive of a substance as, you know, any kind of actual ingestible substance. And, you know, it's, it's beyond burnout. So back to your question, the reason The reason was all that stuff needed to come up so that I could be a whole person so that I could actually be free. I could actually live like so that I could swim so that I could fall in love with an amazing person and have a healthy relationship. You know, my relationships before that, obviously not healthy. They didn't, not that the sign of a healthy relationship is that it lasts. We can have lots of healthy interactions and they don't have to last for a decade, but now I'm in love with my equal. And now simplicity is my spiritual practice. Now I, I don't strive as much. I sleep through the night. I laugh more like I'm, it's so cheese, but like better than ever. And and I know what that means now. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so happy to hear that. Mm, thanks. Yeah. So the final piece I'd love to cover today is around the, um, ego and you have this beautiful description of the two different types of children. You have like the golden child and then the child who's a bit mischievous, who causes a little bit of trouble, who's in the basement. Can you talk a little bit about that and what that second child actually requires from us? Mm. So if everybody right now considers like you have, you have two kids, one is like this Olympian and they're easy to love because like they're a winner. You want to show them off all the time and they're, they're legit loving and confident and courageous. They're like a really well-developed young person, you know, uh, that's you on a good day. And then there's the needy child and they are unkempt and demanding and maybe not as you know, quote, bright as the Olympian, they might have some kind of disability, inability, and they live in the basement and they require a lot of your time and attention, and you might even resent it. That's you. That's all of us pretty much every day. That's a part of us. And if you don't pay attention to that needy child who's begging for your attention in some way, who's unhealed, then they start to bang on the basement ceiling 
and they'll start to holler and they become more demanding and how they, that demanded the, how the, our unwounded self makes demands on us is they do it through anxiety and they do it through, you know, you choke on stage or in the meeting or you have a little fender bender or you say something you should not say. And it really makes things go south. And that's the shadow self saying, hi, if you just pay attention to me and paying attention means being compassionate. It's not like I need to get that part of me in shape. I need to get that insecure part of me to be more confident. No, that just creates more anxiety. That's just like screaming at the scared part of yourself. What's that going to do? More fear. So you say, what have you got to say to me? Come, come, come. I'm going to take my needy self with me to work. This is another thing. Like we show up as our day-to-day selves, as confident, et cetera, as possible. And we, I can see it in my own self and I see it with, you know, like everybody in our heart-centered membership or people I work with. It's just like, they leave that part of themselves at home. Like I'm not, I'm not bringing her to the meeting. (laughs) It's like, you have to, like, you're going to be the mother, the goddess of your life. And you're going to show up and you're going to be loving and you're going to speak clearly and you're going to include everybody. And you're going to know that your scared part is still with you. She's just in your pocket. And you're, you just say, you're coming to the meeting, but I've got you. That's how amazing I am. I have room for my fear and room for my brilliance. That's what that's about. That's about being whole. And what yeah. happens when we don't show love to the ego in that side of us? Uh, you're going to feel like a big fake. Because there's going to be that untended part of yourself that's just tremoring inside. And you'll you'll go in denial, you'll be in denial for years. That's what happens with most of us, years. And you can still be successful. Like, I mean, look at all the stuff we pull off while we're not, while we're being unconscious, you know. And you'll go through a marriage or two, and you'll go through. Uh, betrayals because you're not showing up as your whole self, not because you're magnetizing to people who aren't honest because you're not, you're not honest (laughs) with you're actually a bit scared. You're actually a bit greedy. You're actually a bit arrogant. You're actually a bit insecure, whatever it is. And you're all these other things. And when you see the shadow self, all those parts of ourselves we're trying to deny that, that, that motion of seeing the, the practice of looking at everything also has you see life has got your back. You are a healer. You are, you were born a loving person. You are, if you just get in groove, you just get in sync with your higher self, you are infinitely creative and you are, you do not have to prove yourself for any reason, any day to anybody ever. Yeah, it's great. This is liberation. Yeah. I feel like you're so free. I can see that. I can feel Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel free. So I'm curious to know the last time we spoke was three years ago. You've already illustrated how different you are today, but can you tell us any more? How have you changed? Who's the Uh, new new Danielle? uh, Well, you know, uh, I got rid of most of my stuff. Like I had this fantastic house and this really fast hot car (laughs) and they're gone and I got rid of most of my high heels and you know I don't live like a nun like I've got this great apartment in this shitty building and on one of the best streets in the world right like I'm three blocks from this beach etc my life is still really lovely and beautiful um but I let go of a lot of stuff I trimmed my team down and, um, and I don't, I, I want to unpack that a little bit since I know a lot of people listening are entrepreneurs and your clients. And it wasn't like I wanted to, um, you know, cut expenditures. So I fired half my team. Some people needed to move on because they'd been with me for a long time and they needed to grow. And just like, there's this whole other world out there. And we actually went and found them jobs. We got them placed. 
And then we move some people around. It's like, you know, you've been doing this. You could do all of this. Let's put you here. And then let a lot of extraneous vendors and all that go. Let go of my day planner line. That was a huge business for us. It's not where I'm going. There's lots of other day planners. I might do it again someday if it's easy and some, you know, another publisher comes along. And um, really, simplicity has become a spiritual practice for me. I let go of so many of my spiritual practices. It's like, you know, I was doing all these different meditations. I just thought the more I do and the longer I do, the better. No, now I do one meditation for 20 to 40 minutes every day. I just do that one. And I have, a, I have this kind of routine in my life. Like, you know, there's all this, there's so many programs out there. And like, I'm one of those program creators about how to do your morning and your day. I've, I've got my groove and it's pretty basic. I've loved not traveling. I used to, you know, my last book, I did 21 cities wow. for the book tour and almost died. And now I'm just like, mm, I'm doing two. One of them I live in. And um, I also don't have as much of a striving in relationships. So I noticed, and this was like very subtle and nuanced, but I noticed that if you talk to any of my friends, most of them would tell you, Danielle's the person who keeps in touch. I'm always like, I'm like the mom, I check on everybody. And I realized there was a little bit of I hope you still love me in that. It wasn't just, I want you to know that I love you. And I just let a lot of that go. I'm not as in touch, but things are just as deep. And I'm not as frantic with everything on my planner. And I say more, I say no more to my own creative projects. It's easy. Once you get to a certain stride, it's easy to say no to the outside world. Um, but it's been very hard for me all these years to say no to myself. It's like, it's another idea. It's another thing. And now I'm just like, oh, it's going to have to wait until next year. I cannot believe I actually say that anymore, but I do. Yeah. Cause I want to go swimming. Oh, I love that. And what would be your answer to the final question? What is one way people can create a life that's better than their dreams? That's a great question. That's better than your dreams. Well, become a new you, become, no, let me retract that. Become the true you and you'll dream a new dream. Mm. So I think the whole path, the one way, this is the sweeping way, is just dedicate to knowing who you truly are, knowing your divine nature. That's it. And there's going to be lots of different ways. You can meditate, you can pray, you can simplify you can do whatever it is, but just want to know your divinity and new dreams will emerge. And I think eventually we do get to this place where the dreams don't even matter as much. It's like, again, it's still good to have a vision, but the, the dreams get pure and they get simpler mm -hmm. and they include other people's happiness. Mm, beautiful. So where can we find the book and when? Oh, we'll get it right now. Okay, everybody. Um, you can find the book wherever you choose to patronize your retailer. Uh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Uh, it's coming out in Australia and the UK in the fall of this year. And if you get it now, I'm not sure when we're going to be airing this conversation. October um, 11th. October 11th. Hello, everybody. Okay. Oh, it's October 11th. That's pub day. So it's a big week for the, the book baby. If you buy it now, it's going to get shipped to you directly. You can walk into any bookstore in Canada or the US and get it. Buy as many copies as you like. If you let us know that you purchased it, go to daniellelaporte.com slash how to be loving then I'm doing this beautiful church event, online church event on Sunday, October 16th. Leanne Rhymes is going to open, beautiful chorus is singing. I'm going to throw down. And then like the follow-up treat is I'm going to send these audio loving reminders every Sunday for a year. Lots of goodness. Yeah. 
Oh, amazing. I can't wait to tell my husband that he's obsessed. Like anytime he feels like he needs a pick me up or just someone mm-hmm. loving like you, he listens to your audios. <laughs> Right on. <laughs> yeah. He loves it. That's great. That's yeah. great. Well, thank you yeah. so much for all of your insight and for doing this work and for having the, gosh, the vulnerability to share everything that you've been experiencing over the last few years with all of us. And I know for me, one of the things that really helps me move through challenges is recognizing I'm not just doing it for myself. I, I feel that it's in service to those who are a part of my tribe and a part of my world. Um, and I really, you know, see that in your work. I see, I feel so much gratitude for what you experienced and what it gives to us and what it teaches us. Mm. You know, that's very Buddhist of you because there's mm. a great Buddhist approach, which is sometimes you can't see the good and the suffering you're going through. And you just say, may my suffering be of service. And you just Mm. let it be that that day. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So So everyone needs to go out and get this book. It's so powerful and a life-changing read. So thank you for being here. And I can't wait to see all the people who get their hands on it. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag I Heart My Life Show. That's hashtag I Heart My Life Show. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on, and leave a review because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action, and believing in your dreams.